Hi, Jax. Hey, Jax. Hello, Jax. Hey, Jax, I have a question for you. And I'm just wondering about... I wanted to ask you about... Uh, I have a question for you. I have a question about the history of porn. Hey, Thorny fam, I'm back. Did you miss me? I am so sorry there was no episode last week. Just pure radio silence from me. I was jet lagged as all hell. I thought I would have more time on my trip to pull the episode together. And I had the busiest two weeks I've ever had back in England, which was wonderful. I had meant to create some content for you all and that clearly didn't happen. So for that, I apologize and I am going to try and be better from now on. I want this podcast to be with you weekly. I want you to feel like you can rely on me and trust me to have that out there. So I'm doing my best. Sometimes you learn things on the job and me mismanaging my time, all my fault. I'm really sorry. But I've been having a lot of time thinking about why I created this podcast and why I think it's important to create a safe space for people to ask questions and be curious and come forward And I went down this historical rabbit hole, which I will give you more insight on at some point when I actually answer the question that you hear in the introduction about the history of porn. But I went down this rabbit hole of sort of kinky history and how I feel every generation, we feel like our sexuality and kinkiness is new and revelatory. But actually, if you start going back through history, We're not the first people to discover these things, but we always like to think that we are. We like to think that those taboos are our thing. Humans have always had intimate relationships with their sexuality. If you go back and look at frescoes in Europe, there's all sorts of nude, fun scenes going on there. In fact, I don't have the actual dates for this, which is really unhelpful, and I could Google it, but uh, you're just, just going to get my thoughts instead. There is a tomb from the ancient world called the Tomb of the Whipping, and it is decorated with all these erotic frescoes. It's got threesomes galore. You got dicks, you got boobs, you got it all going on. So anything that we think of in our crazy little naughty minds right now, it's been going on for centuries. And then one of the most interesting facts that I found out recently, which made me laugh, I guess, because I am English, and because I have a podcast about sex, is in the 17th century, spanking became so common, it became known as the English vice. And in some places in England and in Europe, it had to be banned. Now, I started looking into this a little bit more, and a lot of literature very rightly goes into corporal punishment and caning, which is not the sexual side of things. But then there are also so many pictures and etchings of people spanking each other in definitely a sexy way. I don't know, coming back from London and then finding <laughs> finding all these pictures whilst I'm trying to research really the history of porn, which is probably going to be a four-parter because there is so much information. It just made me smile that the English vice would obviously be spanking. In fact, the artist William Hogarth illustrated the life of a young woman who did become a London prostitute and in these illustrations he included a birch rod in the picture hanging from the wall above her bed there were I'm gonna get this wrong but flagellatory brothels so places that you could flog somebody and these brothels came up in the 18th century and they flourished especially in the 19th century 
history in general I love and now I'm falling down this sexy naughty kinky history route I can't wait to release that episode but like I said that's coming in a while because I've got too much information and I want to make it accessible and I want to make it fun what we've learned this week is the English vice is spanking enough with the half-finished thoughts from me I feel let's get on with the questions just a couple today I want to ease you all back into it we have a question about penis size and a question about cheating in a long-term relationship let me know what you think of the episode. You can do that on Instagram at Thorny Issues. You can do that however you listen to your podcast, whether that's Spotify, whether that's Apple, whether that's Google or something else entirely. I always love hearing from you. You know that. Okay, let's go. On with the show. Hey, Jax. I'm a married man, but I've been in a relationship with another woman for about the last three years. Um, We meet about once a month at a hotel and have great sex. She's married too, and neither of us want it to be anything else than what it is. Just like no strings attached sexual arrangement. Uh, We're both in sexless marriages, but we also each have children, so we don't want to rock the boat. My question is... Is it okay to keep going like this? I feel like it's made my marriage happier, and she says the same thing is true for her. I don't think there's any real benefit in telling my wife about this. Our sex life has never been very active, and after the children, it kind of stopped entirely. Uh, She's a great mom, and we have a great life together, so I don't want to change that. It's not like my sexual partner wants to take things further, but sometimes the lying kind of gets to me. Oh my. Okay. What a pickle you've got yourself in. I feel this is an all too common problem in society where we don't discuss or acknowledge our sex drives and the importance of intimacy in long-term relationships. And I think that's because society doesn't allow us to be comfortable in delving into the realities of monogamy. You meet your person, you get together We see it at the end of all movies. You meet the one and then the screen goes to black and we get the credits. But we don't seem to be allowed to talk about or acknowledge the growth or the conversations that we need to have and the realities of monogamy and long-term relationships. And so I think we tend to approach these situations with rose-tinted glasses that somehow we can make this picture perfect. We can maintain intimacy and sexual connection with our person without ever actually talking about it. We're not magicians. This isn't possible. And the arrival of children never makes this situation easier. From your question, you say that your sex life was never very active to begin with. And it doesn't sound anywhere like you and your wife have ever talked about the lack of sex in your marriage. But sex is clearly very important to you or you wouldn't have looked for it outside of your marriage. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with sex being important. Sexual happiness and sexual fulfillment are a birthright to all humans. It's a massive reason I've started this podcast. I want to help people rid themselves of the shame around actually wanting to enjoy and go after a happy, fulfilling sex life. But I do want to do that within the boundaries of respecting other people in this space too. 
You've chosen a path which on the surface must have seemed like a super logical solution. You weren't getting any sex, you found a person in the same situation, you've hit it off, you've got great chemistry, you're having good sex, it's satisfying the itch that you needed scratching so that you can continue to maintain this happy family life that you have. And I'm sure this felt like the ultimate win-win for you. You've kind of lent into this don't ask, don't tell policy that many couples have, but unfortunately for your wife, she is on the less exciting opposite end of this sort of sexy times equation, and it's going to be much more problematic for her. In good news, I think we now have started to have language to talk about different relationships in public spaces. Ethical non-monogamy and polyamory are no longer punchlines and they can be seen as the healthy relationships that they are. Now I'm an advocate for these new ways of being in a relationship but really what I'm an advocate for is to find the best relationship that works for all parties involved and I really want to highlight the word all parties there because we need to come around to these things together. Everybody needs to be on board and consenting. This is the biggest problem with your question here. You're in a non-monogamous relationship. Unfortunately, it isn't ethical because your wife cannot give consent to something she does not know about. And unfortunately, because it is the way of the world, it is very likely that the truth will out itself. Fuck, your wife might even know, or at least have an inkling that something's up. And as and when this truth comes to light, shit will hitteth the fan. It's gonna hurt. The consequences could be really devastating. And I feel that you know this because as you said, the lying is getting to you. And the thing is when people cheat, it isn't normally the actual sort of sexual nakedness of the infidelity that hurts and that breaks the relationship. It's the broken trust that can be really hard to bear. I was cheated on a few years ago, actually in an open relationship. When I think back on it, and when I was working through it and processing it at the time, I never once was thinking about them fucking. I was so hurt and hung up on him being dishonest, him lying to my face, and thinking that this was okay. But the act of the sex isn't going to be the problem. It's the fact that you lied and hid it. Trust when broken can be so hard to get back. It doesn't mean it can't get repaired. Your wife is likely to think, how can I trust anything in life if the person closest to me could do this? And it can really shake our ground for a long time. I've got some big, awful questions now that you have probably thought about because I think that they're probably lying at the heart of your unease. Do you know what your wife's views are on non-monogamy? Do you know whether she would be consenting or not? How do you think she's going to feel when she finds out the man she's built a life with and created a family with has been lying to her for years? And what effect do you think this revelation will have on your children and your relationship with them? And I don't mean to ask questions that are clearly going to hurt to hear and to bring up some really upsetting responses, but I think that you found this sort of no-fault solution which fixed your immediate problem of not getting laid, And what you're beginning to realize is that it can do some real lasting damage to the people that you love, not just now, but for the future. And so I think it's important to bear those questions in mind and really think them through before you take your next step. So I kind of see that you have three options. You could carry on as you are, hope that nothing will be discovered, 
This is a high risk strategy and I suspect it will grow increasingly untenable for you. Living with secrets never gets easier and if it's already beginning to bug you, it's just going to eat away at you. So although I'm laying this out as an option, it wouldn't be the option that I would take. Option two, you could tell your wife the truth. Hope the damage to your relationship can be repaired. Knowing that this path is going to involve pain, it's going to involve heartache, there is no certain outcome, and it is going to be an emotional roller coaster. There is nothing wrong with jumping on an emotional roller coaster, you just need to know this. And my full recommendation here is if this is the route that you take, get support from a therapist. Find a couples therapist. Find a therapist that you are comfortable going to and your wife is comfortable going to. Because having that outside support, that outside opinion, a safe space where you both can say how you're feeling will make this process smoother. It's a fucking painful process, but you can do it. Or the third option, you end the affair and you work on your marriage together. Maybe your wife is feeling the lack of intimacy in your relationship. Maybe she wants to change that. Have you spoken to her about wanting to have sex together? Why you haven't had an active sex life since you've had kids? Did she lose her sex drive? Did she stop feeling sexy? Many women do after pregnancy. Maybe she actually desperately wants to fuck you, but because you're getting it elsewhere and it hasn't happened for so long, you have to work at a sex life. It doesn't just happen. It's like we're not all fantastic at sex. Sex is something that you learn. It's a skill. Ask your wife if she wants to be having more sex. Maybe she's happy without sex. Maybe she isn't. Perhaps she's willing to try non-monogamy ethically. Maybe that idea is unattainable for her. And then you have to work out what you want to prioritize. But you do need to talk to your wife you know that you need to do something about this. So get a therapist, talk to your wife, whether you tell her or whether you just end the affair and move on, but work on being open about your feelings, honest about your needs and her needs. Decide what is important to you, what relationships are important to you, because the likelihood that this stays a secret is so slim. And I don't want to say get ahead of it for your benefit, get ahead of it for your family's benefit. So you can take away as much pain and sting that could happen. Do not lie your way through it, but work through this pain together. Hey Jax, is there such a thing as too big? So I'm going to assume we are talking about dick size here with is there such thing as too big? So I've done some research for you. There is a chap in Mexico, 54-year-old Roberto Esquivel Cabrera, who has a penis measuring 18.9 inches, which is fucking huge. He says he would like to be in the Guinness Book of Records, but they won't recognize this as a record because he has the most elongated foreskin and it's not actually the size of the shaft. 
his 18.9 inch penis means he has an inability to be able to have sex. Now, again, he is a teenager, like stretched his foreskin and his actual penis shaft is quite small. He's now registered as a disabled person because of his huge penis. The man who has the second largest penis in the world is an American actor called Jonah Falcon, whose penis is 9.5 inches flaccid and 13.5 inches when erect. And he can have sex. So 13.5 inches, I guess, isn't too big. Now, he cannot have sex with everybody. He says he needs a very slow entry for intercourse and a lot of lube and probably a lot of warming up. So I guess somewhere between 13.5 and 18.9, depending on how adventurous you want to be. So I've got some facts about penises for you because everyone wants penis facts on a podcast. So fact number one, the average length of an erect penis is 5.1 to 5.5 inches. In a study of over 25,000 men, 45% wished that their penis was larger. That same study found that 84% of heterosexual women were satisfied with their partner's penis size. In an open-ended survey, 160 women were asked, what's most important to you during intercourse? Not one mentioned penis size. And in a study with 274 participants, they found that there is no correlation between flaccid penis size and erect penis size. What I really feel that these studies show in cisgendered heterosexual relationships is dick size seems to matter to men and not so much to women. All of these facts that I got came from Dr. Laurie Mintz, who you can find on Instagram at Dr. Laurie Mintz. And they were actually posted by Rena Martin, who, if you want to follow any incredible woman on Instagram who is taking the shame and stigma out of sex day by day, follow Rena. I love her to pieces. Talking about dick size can be seen as another form of body shaming. And as a woman and as a curvy woman, I have definitely know the sting of body shaming. And it's the same with penises. They come as they are. And... <laughs> As a very good friend of mine back in England used to say, it is not the size of the wand, but the wizard that waves it. If fucking dicks is your thing, go find a wand that you enjoy. And here's my final thought on what counts as too big. It's all personal preference. Our bodies are so very different. There are some people out there who call themselves size queens and for them, the bigger, the better. And then there are others who will see that and you know what, find it a little bit intimidating and physically too much and maybe a little bit painful. Our bodies are different and that is so wonderful. Vulvas come in all sorts of shapes and sizes, as do dicks. Some are big, some are small, some are skinny, some are girthy. Find a partner where the fit works for you, where your bodies work together. One man's trash is another man's treasure, not meaning to call dicks trash, but the point being what works for you might not work for somebody else. And that's kind of the beauty in it. A little aside, as I'm finishing off, I get very frustrated when people ask, like, what's your favorite sex position or how do you like to be fucked? Because I feel it depends who you're with and what you're doing. Our bodies fit so differently together depending on the person and that's the joy so go find one that you like 
however big it is, it doesn't matter. Enjoy your partner. Enjoy having sex together. Don't get hung up on size. It really doesn't matter at all. And that, my friends, is where I'm going to hang up the mic this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And just looking back at both of the questions, I think my main takeaway for you all this week is to be honest with the people around you, to enjoy your partners. Don't body shame. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. (laughs) And don't lie. But if you have to lie, try and be as honest about it if you can. God, that's shit advice. Why are you guys listening to me? Anyway, the pod is back. The pod is back in full force. I'll be back next week. I am sorry for the delay. I was a lot busier on my trip home than I had planned. And these things can happen. I didn't mean to leave you thorny issueless last week. And I really hope to never do that again. The way to do it is to bag a few pods, which I kind of do. And then I didn't properly... Ugh, none of you need to hear this. Thank you for supporting the show. If you would like your question featured on the podcast, you know what to do. Go to the website, thornyissues.ca. Go to the submit a question section and you can either type a question that I will get a friend to read or you can submit your own question through the little button there. And I love hearing your voices. I love hearing from you. So submit a question. It's all anonymous. I'm not going to out you or shame you. You don't even have to put your name when you submit it. I can just see anonymous from anonymous. So if that makes it feel more comfortable for you to ask me those awkward, juicy questions, please do, because I want to make you feel good about your lives. I want you to explore and enjoy and do all the things that will make you happy. There's too much shit going on in the world. Let's... uh, find solace and satisfaction where we can. Other ways that you can support the pod are following us on Instagram at Thorny Issues. I promise I will start putting a little bit more interesting content on there. I've been a little nervous as to how to present online because as a woman talking about sex, there's an instant stigma and I'm fearing a little bit of the backlash that I will get. So I've been a little quieter on Instagram than I've wanted to be but I have lots of things I want to share with you and maybe saying it out loud will give me the confidence to do that. So follow on Instagram and like and share and let me feel some of the love because I feel it in so many ways from you all and just love hearing from you. Other ways you can support the podcast, you can give me a five-star review. You can interact with the podcast on Spotify through polls and questions. You can buy me a coffee on ko-fi slash thorny issues. Always lovely to get some financial support because it costs more than you think to put a podcast out there. I want to keep doing this. I want to create a safe and fun space for people to question and ask and not feel threatened in any way. And I think that's enough of that now. So... Have a wonderful week. Look after yourselves. Be good. Have fun. Be kind. I love you. Bye.